as entrepreneurs, we want to make a major difference in the world. But in doing that, we want to have a front row seat. And I got to tell you, I've got a tremendously successful entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur who is a founder of the Front Row Foundation. It's much like uh, Make-A-Wish, but it gets people in front, whether they're two to 80, in the front row of major events. But he didn't stop there. He continued to show all of us how we can live a life on purpose as entrepreneurs, as students, no matter what our calling is at that point in our life, to make a huge difference. He's a remarkable individual. You do not want to miss this. If you're here to accelerate your entrepreneurial success, to be even more successful, you want a front row seat. Stay tuned. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep. Think bold. Drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com John, I am so excited to have you here. I'm so happy that our mutual friend John Rulin introduced us, and uh, you're going to share with us how to get that front row seat. But first of all, thank you for joining us. John, thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, you've been making a difference in the world. I mean, we're just getting the opportunity to meet. You know, we haven't spent a lot of time together. And, and most of the guests I have on the podcast, I've known for many years, and we've worked together, done deals together. And I just, I, I'm just so impressed with what you've been doing and really want to share your message. Of, I mean, I love, you know, just what a, what a way to go through life in the front row. I mean, you know, it's just, it's such a great analogy. It's a great name. You're making a difference both on the, you know, from the foundation charitable side, but really helping everyone, you know, to live a life on purpose. And, you know, one of the things I love to start out with, John, before we get into life lessons and you, how you've seen so many of the, you know, the, whether they're students or entrepreneurs or senior executives in major firms, you know, live a life on purpose. So they're at the front row making a difference and enjoying life uh, as well. Um, how, how did you get on this journey? Yeah, well, uh, funny enough, and you and I didn't actually talk about this yet, but two days ago, I celebrated my 40th birthday. And 10 years prior to that, I was sitting at the Kimmel Center in Philadelphia watching a Jason Mraz concert from the very back row. And I just noticed there was a different energy in the front. And um, I said to myself, man, life is different in the front row. And you could either be a spectator in the back watching it safely, or you could be up front actively engaged. And it's risky to be up there, and it's scary to be up there at times. From that moment, um, was the, that was the impetus of starting a Front Row Foundation, a charity, as you mentioned, uh, helps children and adults experience the live event of their dreams from the front row. And that charity ultimately led into other, you know, other endeavors of mine, serving college students, serving entrepreneurs. But ultimately, it all began in that one moment of noticing how people can really choose their life and whether they want to watch it go by or be a participant. It's amazing in life, all these inflection points and turning points in life. And, and you know, really, as entrepreneurs, I mean, everyone that's on, the, you know, whether you're watching the podcast or listening to the podcast, I mean, you being an entrepreneur, you kind of step up in the front row. Now, many times you feel like you should be walking backwards because it's not going as well in the action there. And that's one of the reasons why we're 
here and we've created this virtual mastermind to share ideas. But, you know, when you're, you know, you've, you, you went ahead and you created this foundation, which is great. And, you know, tell me how you, because you really started the foundation and that led to, you're one of the top speakers going around to all the college campuses, you know, sharing this message. And I want to see how, you know, how that evolved uh, because, you know, as entrepreneurs, I'm kind of the average age of successful entrepreneurs, 59, uh, you're kind of in the middle of the baby boomers. And, you know, we're, we're all not sure. I mean, uh, you know, you're talking with the millennials. Uh, you're kind of just missed that grade now here, John. It's usually, I break is about 35 or so. So you're an older guy here. You're not quite as old as I am, but you know, you're getting there. We're all yeah. catching up. And, um, you know, we want to bring in these young individuals and, you know, we're, we're not sure they always want to play in the front row. We don't know how to work with them. So, you know, maybe take me through a little of that progression. Yeah, well, so th this, um, you know, the idea of speaking was something that always appealed to me because I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Deep down inside, I felt I was an entrepreneur. And I had a, John, I had a great corporate job. I was earning six figures. I was this, you know, I had, I had reached what I thought was like the pinnacle, the prime, you know, job that I could ever want, the, the best place to be. After a couple years of living that life, though, there was something that was missing for me. And so wanting to share the stage, um, wanting to share a message from the stage was something that I felt passionate about, largely because of this. I love being in, this, in, in the front row watching great speakers deliver. And so my experience is that, you know, the college student market right now is a microcosm, of course, of, of just hum all human beings. And that is you've got people that are totally disengaged. You've got students that are totally engaged, people that naturally want to be watching from the back and those that always take the front row seat. Um, you know, for me, when I got into the place where I wanted to deliver my message, you know, it was just about wanting to serve at the highest level. And I think that, uh, I think that you know, when I, so here's, here's who it was, Tony Robbins, a name we all know. Mm -hmm. He's one of the best communicators in the world. I watched him from, you know, from the audience. I've been to like 15 Tony Robbins conferences. I, I hang on his every word. The way he tells stories, the way he delivers his messages. Um, you know, I, 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 was, uh, I was closely tuned into that and wanted to repeat that to the students because students are struggling to capture the essence of life through the teaching style that we have. It's a broken model in my opinion. You know, these students are exposed to the most amazing speeches, you know, TED.com. And, uh, and, and so the idea is that, you know, it's, it's, it's ultimately wanting to be an amazing storyteller, wanting to deliver something to these students. And not only just students, but entrepreneurs or these big corporate groups that I speak to, wanting to deliver information in a way that captures people's uh, imagination and emotion. That's what I wanted to do, and that, that's what I'm ultimately doing now. But I think we can get to these students if we find a way to package our message appropriately. But we are competing deeply with YouTube and all the resources that are available in an instant for these. Yeah, guys. no, it's it's really uh, one of the things that I, I love is storytelling, and uh, John, it's 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 so interesting. Um, you know, I have a business in the financial services space, working with some of the top financial advisors in the country, as well as uh, on the entrepreneur side, AES Nation, and with some of the most successful entrepreneurs. And what, what's so interesting is one of the big bridges is storytelling. I mean, it's been around forever. And, you know, that in our research on the financial side, we find that 84% 
uh, want to connect emotionally with us first. And, you know, financial people, we all tend to be left brain, very logical. We want to kind of tell people these are the facts, this is what you do, and that doesn't work. What, what really works is connecting emotionally. Only 16% yeah. don't care. They want emotional connection first and then justify it with logic. And, you know, what I, I love, and, and I, you know, Tony Robbins, I haven't gone to as many. Uh, I, I listened to his tapes early on when he was just getting started. I've had the chance to meet him a couple of times. I, I was in one of the breakout sessions at uh, Salesforce, I think it was a year ago, .com, and uh, Tony was giving a breakout session of 10,000 people, and I, I did sit in the front <laughs> row. And it's just, you know, a, three hours, no notes, uh, in a circle in the round, just, you know, pretty amazing speaker. I mean, we should all aspire, you know, and, and I'd encourage all of us to aspire to be able to communicate as effectively as someone like Tony Robbins, because that's how, you know, if we can inspire people to action, I don't care what you're doing, whether it's professional services or selling widgets, inspiring students, inspiring executives, you're gonna make a huge difference. On storytelling, how, how, do, I mean, you know, how do you, you know, what are the stories that are interesting to, you know, how, how do you get the message across to these students? Because, you know, you mentioned it, uh, John, I mean, they, you know, uh, you can click on YouTube. I mean, everybody's got a tablet, got a laptop, got a, yeah. you know, uh, a smartphone and uh, access to entertainment has never been better. And, you know, why yeah. should they listen to anyone else when they can get, you know, the top, you know, electronically in a second? Yeah. You, you know, here's an action step, I think, for your group, John, is, is we all need to take out a piece of paper and write down our best stories. If we haven't done that yet, that's a must-do for anybody in any industry. Write down your best stories. And maybe next to those stories, write down what value does it teach? You know, what, what's the lesson in that story? And there might be multiple lessons. But we all need to have that in our arsenal. And then I think what we need to do is we need to get good at telling the stories. So maybe you prioritize them and pick your best ones. And ones that align with your business, ones that align with your mission, get good at telling them. Tell them often because I'm amazed after doing professional speaking now for six years how I can get better at a story that I've told 150 times. And sometimes you stretch it out, sometimes you squeeze it together, and sometimes you make it too long, and sometimes you didn't make it long enough, and then they don't know what you're talking about. But ultimately, you know, we all got to practice telling our story. And, uh, not, not, and by the way, not just our story, um, I'm kind of uh, I'm foreshadowing here, but, but t telling all stories. And stories that, you know, we can pick up anywhere. Like one of my best stories that I tell, I got from working at a, I, I got from paying a toll one time on, a, on an interstate, $3 toll lady leans out to collect my money and she asked me how I was doing. I looked at her, you know, I stared her right in the eyes and I said, I'm excellent. And then she responded back to me by pointing at me like I had upset her and she said, no. And she just froze. And I didn't know what was coming next, but she looked at me and she got a big smile on her face and she said, you are super fantastic. And she threw her hand up in the air and just started smiling. You know, and, and I tell the students and I tell big groups, uh, whoever they are, I'm like, hey, when I drove down the road after that, I asked myself a question that you would probably be asking yourself. Does she do this to every single car or was it just me? And you know what? I got my answer. It was months later. I saw her in a commercial on TV saying it's super fantastic. <laughs> and the crazy thing, John, is that that's how we live our lives, right? We're either choosing to like say, all right, I work at a toll booth. What difference can I make? 
Or you say, all right, so I work at a toll booth. What difference can I make? And same question, different tone and intention. And she taught me something very valuable about life. And I've been telling that story for 10 years now. And I think that that's what we need to do as entrepreneurs. Get good at telling stories. Um, getting the lesson through in the story and knowing the story of our life and our business, our, the story of your company. And if you don't know what it is, ask somebody. Ask your peer group, your inner circle, or who I call your front row, and say, what's our story? What do you think my story is? Because sometimes my friends are better at telling my story than I am. Yeah, I've I got a guy who would... He introduces me. He tells my story better than I do. Yeah, no, I love that. And uh, that's what I've found too, John, is that it's so hard for us to have our own stories. If we, you know, we have, I love your analogy, your, you know, your front row friends, your team. And uh, what I've found is that if you can become a serial storyteller and you, you know, you create really, you, you've lived, I've, you know, I'm 59, you know, most of us think our lives are boring and mundane. Well, there's moments of excitement along the way. And whether it's at the toll booth or whether, you know, it's in the back row of uh, speaking uh, or a, a presentation, a concert and so on, what, what happens is these are moments that if we share those in, you know, a sequence where we're, we're really inspiring people to action, you know, we, our stories will precede us, uh, you know, and, and, you know, now that we're getting to know each other, you know, when I'm introducing you, you know, I'm going to talk about the front row and I'm going to talk about, you know, he started, uh, it was in the back row of a concert, da, 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 and our stories precede us. It's not the facts. It's not all the, you know, PowerPoint presentations and pitch decks and so on. Hey, yeah, let me change it a little bit though. You're out there, you're, you're sharing these stories, you're inspiring people to action. I want to go over, you were telling me as we, before we turn on the camera, you know, kind of three things that you're focusing on. And, and I want to make sure as entrepreneurs, these are going to be things that we've all heard. But I got to tell you, we're not all doing. And to the extent that we can do them well, uh, it's going to make a huge difference no matter where we are in life, uh, you know, whether we're at the top you know, of our game, we can, you know, we're all capable of doing more. And the very first thing you talked about focusing on personal growth and tell us what that means and, you know, how we can do that as successful entrepreneurs. Yeah. You, you know, I think this, the, the idea of personal growth is obviously talked about, maybe it's over talked about. I don't think so though, because at the core of it, it's not sexy necessarily if you don't dress it up. But the idea is that nobody achieves massive success unless they have massive personal growth. And so it's got to be one of the key elements. And it's focusing on you. It's focusing on the individual. You know, one of my good buddies said to me a long time ago, he pulled me aside and he said, he said two words that changed my life, John, forever. He said, you're enough. You're enough. And those two words, which I wrote about and, and have spoken about a million times, changed the trajectory of my life because it reminded me that I'm enough. I think that a lot of entrepreneurs, they get themselves in the way of success. They think that they don't have anything great to talk about. You know, we have a mutual friend, Hal Elrod, and he's got an amazing story. You know, he's, it's, it, it, the story is he's 19, he gets hit by a drunk driver. He was on your show, right? So they, Yeah, you're, no, you go can, ahead and just on AESNation.com, type in Hal. I didn't interview any other Hal's, and yeah. uh, it's a great story. 
a great story. But I joke with Hal, and he jokes with me. He's like, you know, we joke around that like not not all of us have been fortunate enough to have died and come back to life. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I'm not sure, John. That's I mean, it is great story material, but he does have a picture in his book of developing that story material on the hospital bed. I don't think it looks that inviting at all. No. No, we, we, we joke about it, clearly. That's something you'd never want to have happen and you never wish it on anybody. But the fact that Hal went through that is an amazing story. My hang-up was that I didn't have an amazing story. I wasn't hit by a drunk driver and killed. You know, I'd, I'd, I doubted my own story, if you will, until we, we learned that we're enough. We have something to share. We have a message inside. We have a company inside of us that we want to build. We have people that to everybody... You know, to, to some people, you know, what you've achieved is what they're shooting for. And that, you know, you know, so taking a look at ourselves and saying, I'm enough. I'm enough to deliver to help somebody in some way, I think is key. You know, when I'm hung up mentally, John, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll pull out my journal and I'll just write down what's going great or, or where are my strengths. The minute I start journaling about what progress have I made this year, how am I better in, two, in 2015 than I was in 2014? That's a huge um, release of a roadblock that for many entrepreneurs is standing in their way. Why are you better now than you were before? Why are you qualified to share? You know, what do you have to offer? And a lot of times it's recognizing that we have stuff within us to share. I think that's a big a step in the first Well, one. I have a good friend, Dan Sullivan, a strategic coach, uh, Dan calls uh, a part of what you were talking about a uh, mind the gap. And, and what it is, is as entrepreneurs, really any of us, we tend to focus on this is our goal. We want to achieve this. This is where we are. And, you know, at the end of the period, let's say a year, we didn't quite hit our goal. We, but we, you know, we progressed. Well, we all tend to focus on that gap between, you know, that ideal outcome and where we are. And what he suggests all of us, particularly as entrepreneurs do, and it's really what you're suggesting, John, is take a look back and be, you know, a tremendous amount of gratitude. I mean, we are so privileged, um, almost all of us, uh, on the progress we've made, kind of where we were and where we are today. Yeah, we may not have attained everything of every imaginable ideal outcome, but boy, the progress we're making, you know, not only in ourselves on our personal growth, but making a difference in the world is huge. Yeah. Well, John, one more thing I'll add to that, and it's just fitting because I celebrated my 40th birthday two days ago, is that, you know, asking yourself what's this next year going to be about in the next decade and reminding yourself that you don't have to be who you were in the past. That, you know, who I was in my 30s, I don't want that to be part of my 40s. I, you know, I was listening to a podcast this morning. It was about challenging assumptions. You know, and challenge the assumption that you are this way. Challenge the assumption that this is the path of your life. And just because it's been that way for 20, 40, 60 years doesn't mean that it needs to be that way down the road. And, and I think for every entrepreneur, they need to reinvent themselves. They need to reinvent their companies. You need to find out what are the core elements that need to stay put, the things that are the non-negotiables that you don't want to ever go away, those values, and the, whatever that might be for you. But but then the rest of it is open game, and it's it's reminding yourself all the time that uh, that you know it's it's what you don't know that you don't know. That's what gets really exciting, and that's that's what really takes it to the next level. I love is that we get to decide what we want to take from the past. We don't have to, as you're saying, you know. We I mean, this should be a continuing reinventing, and that's where personal growth is so important. Is that we can get really clear on where we want to go. We can reinvent ourselves and. 
You know, the world lets you do it. They're happy to do that. You don't have to carry all the past with you. Yeah, let's go on though, uh, uh, John. I, I wanna go, you talk about relationships and all of us know how important relationships is. But you know, you talk, what I love is building with friends. And you know, I'm a big believer that we're in business, not for more business. We're in business for uh, supporting a quality of life for all stakeholders. You know, and that's yeah. in our online self-interest has to be for us first so that, you know, it's kind of like on the airplane, we get the, the oxygen mask comes down. You can't put it on your child first. You gotta put it on you so that you can take care of the child. So you gotta take care of yourself. But building, you know, a great quality of life with friends and, and you talk about who's in your front row. And I, I love that. I mean, I'm looking around to see who is in my front row because, you know, none of, nothing great is ever accomplished by an individual. How, how do you, you know, kind of coach to that? How do you help your students, the executives really get the right people in the front row so they have a great life? Yeah. You know, John, years ago, I was, uh, I, I was writing out a list of my most important relationships. I think for anybody listening, if they haven't done this recently, they need to do this right away. This is the first thing that we need to do. So I'm writing out the most important relationships in my life. And, and we can expand on that about should it be in a certain category? Is it just family? Is it professional? And how do we categorize these? And that's something that ultimately I do help people to realize is all the nuances of building your front row. But for simplicity purposes, I'm writing them out. I'm making a top 10 list and I realize that somebody's on my top 10 list. And what this means is these are the people that are in close proximity to me. These are the ones that get my time. They, I talk to them the most on the phone. Th these are the most important people, let's say by time in my life, you know, energy and time. I was looking at one name and I thought, you know, I don't know that they belong there anymore. I think our roads have diverged. I think they're on this path, I'm on this path, and we're just doing the thing that we've always done. And I said, who else should be on the list that's not there? And a name came to mind. And I wrote it on the list, and I, and I looked at that new list. I said, that's where I'm going to devote my time and energy. The next day, I'm driving down the road. The phone rings. It's the one person that got moved off the list. And rather than answering the call, which would have been the habitual thing to do, send a voicemail. I call the new person on the list, and I realize I'm creating my new world. Now, it's not about whether or not they're a good person. It's about we have a limited number of time and hours in our day. We have to choose who we, who we surround ourselves with. So I think that here's what I would do as a starting place for your listeners is make a few lists as in the categories of your life. I think we've all done the wheel of life exercise, right? Yes. If you had six to eight categories of your life, what would they be? Now, what many of us don't do, though, is we don't ask ourselves, who are the most important people in each of those categories? So you take your health, for example. Who are the top five relationships when it comes to health in your life? Now, these don't have to be people that you are in literal physical contact with or that you speak with in live conversations because listening to your show, as an example, you're in many people's front row. Now, even though you're not there, it'd be very little difference probably in like having a one-to-one -one conversation with you and hearing what you're saying to your audience because you're sharing the same stuff. It's not like you're filtering. You're like, I'm going to save that good stuff for the one-to-one -one conversations and I'm going to give the okay stuff to my, you know, it's like you're giving it all away. No, this is, you know, what we're, I look at it, it's whether we're having a cup of coffee or a glass of wine together. You know, John, it's you and 10,000 fellow entrepreneurs. We're just sharing what we'd have. That's why I love doing these podcasts. Yeah, it's a conversation. We're just chatting and talking about real life. And so I think people need to decide intentionally who their relationships are um, and who they need to be and, and what having a great relationship with those folks looks like. You know, another great exercise with this, John, is to ask, whose front row are you in? 
You know, think about that. It's like if you wrote out a list of people and said, if all these, you know, here's all my network, my friends, which front row am I in? Whose front row am I in? And so that's important to notice. And then ask yourself this other question, which is, how am I doing at serving them in the front row? Am I rooting them on? Am I really a great front row fan? Am I really adding energy to their lives? You know, we become like those we surround ourselves with. We know that. Books have been written about it. You know, Connected, that book by Christakis and Fowler. And, you know, Tony Robbins talks about it. And all, I mean, so many people that are great mentors of mine have simply said, you know, you hang around five entrepreneurs, you'll be the sixth. You hang around, right? It's, so, so choosing that intentionally is key. And not only doing it once, but reviewing that every five to six to seven months in your life, or maybe more often, putting them in a place where you're seeing them, asking yourself interesting questions about your front row, like, would I know the number one dream of my front row? You know, would I know their dream, their number one dream, and what have I done to support their dream recently? Because the more people that we serve in that way, the more front rows that we can be in and we can impact, the more people are then in our front row. There are raving fans. And I think being an entrepreneur is about creating raving fans. Whether you're your loyal customers or your employees, whatever culture you have is one about raving fans. And that's where the front row analogy really fits in. John, no, I love this. You know, the power, of, the law of reciprocity. And, and oh. I have never heard it other than from you on the front row side. And I think that really does great positioning. I, I think all of us need as entrepreneurs to be thinking about it. Let me go to number three, though. Uh, be uh, you know, uh, a moment maker. That, you know, I always think of moments of truth, but a moment maker, what is that? Yeah, well, in our charity, you know, we strive to make a day that they'll never, make, make, create an experience for the day they'll never forget. And so we have an identity uh, as, as a charity, which is we're moment makers. You know, we want to be the person that, that creates something, some experience. And it could be as simple as this. You know, John, I love when we get a group of people around the table and I'll single out one person and I'll say, let's all go around the table and everybody say one thing you love about John, you know, and, and we'll just, and you know, I see that person in tears. I see that person having a moment they will never forget in their lives. I want you to think about, if you're an entrepreneur listening to this, what moments are you creating for your customers or for your team, whether they're a virtual team or all in the same office that are moments they'll never forget. If you can adopt, adopt the identity that you're a moment maker, you're going to be important to people. And, uh, and I think that it's all about service. I think that being a moment maker is about making a difference. I mean, you could think if you went and built and dug a well for somebody that didn't have fresh water, they're probably never going to forget that day that you built, that you dug that well. You were a moment maker that day. You were, you were a linchpin. You, you did something that, that you were the lead domino in many other great moments, you know? And so for us as a charity, as an example, we create photo books and videos for every single person. We want to be great storytellers of their moment as well. So not only are we great moment makers, but we're great um, you know, storytellers of those moments. Because I love, it's like, you know, it's very natural. You sit around with friends, John, and we always talk about, well, remember that time? Remember when we did that? Well, look at your life as not only one to document the great moments and tell the stories, but to create great moments and own that identity. And I think that's living a front row life. Hey, it's raining at the concert, but who cares? Like, how do we make this awesome in the rain? How do we, how do we create a moment we'll all cherish forever? No, this is really good. And, uh, and I think that's, you know, as entrepreneurs, that's what we need to do is we need to create moments for our clients. And because 
really, as you talked about, John, this is, you know, there's so much value creation there. And what we're doing, you know, really, even if you're the hardest analytical entrepreneur out there and you're all numbers and this soft stuff doesn't feel right, the more value you can create for the world, the better you're going to do financially. The emotional connections, the long term. I mean, this is, you know, really laying out. I love these lessons. Let's go, though. I, I want to go to uh, the next segment. This is the book of the day. You know, I, I know you're working on a book. I want you to talk about that. Uh, well, why don't you share you know, what you've written and what you're, uh, you're working on now, John, and then we'll go to, I'd like to get your recommendation of what you think you, you know, would be great for your fellow entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, first, I'll start with what I think would be great because uh, I want to give first. <laughs> so okay. the, the book I'd recommend would be Start by John Acuff. And for anybody that's starting a business, that's in a business, you know, I, I, I know a guy who's in a business that's doing multi-millions, but he says he's in a continual, never-ending startup, you know? And, and so I think people are always at a fresh start. They're starting with a new project, whatever it might be. This book was just an excellent, um, you know, uh, outline of, of the power of starting. I think one of the taglines or the sublines was, was punch fear in the face. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. <laughs> and uh, I just love the idea of starting. You know, and I, I love the, and the energy around starting something. Now, I also believe in the power of execution and completion and seeing it through, but I love the idea and the energy, uh, love the idea and the energy around starting something. So that's the book. Okay, that's great. Now, you've taken care of the giving. Let me know. Well, you're, I look at your books. You're, you're giving as well. What are you working on? All right, so I'm working on a book called Who's in Your Front Row? I just expand on what we talked about on this call, which is I, I really walk people through the process of how do you identify your current front row? How do you edit? How do you decide who should be part of your life and at what degree? How much time we give to people? Um, and, and then I talk to people about how to make new or how to meet new people, how to take existing relationships to the next level. So I've, I'm writing the book, John, that I wish some, I, I had right now. I've read a lot of great books on relationships, but but nobody's really been able to walk me through that exact process. And, you know, people often ask me, they say, John, you have two boys. If you were to tell them anything about life, the one lesson, that's it. You get one idea and you share it with your boys. It would be surround yourself with amazing people, period. Create an incredible front row. And I look at whatever I've got in my life and I think it is all at the blessings of my amazing front row. All of the great stuff I can attribute to the amazing people in my front row. And, and I, one of the greatest compliments in my life is people will say to me, John, you have amazing friends. And I'm like, I know. I don't know what they're doing hanging out with me sometimes, but I have amazing friends. I well, do. I am looking forward to reading that book. Let's go to the next segment. Is on your smartphone, the application of the day. What would you recommend, John, to your fellow entrepreneurs? John, I love this question. I'm glad you asked it. Uh, my answer is simple. It's the podcast app. You know, it's the one where I, I go to most often. I get the most value from. Um, you know, that's th that is something I click on once or twice a day at least. I've I went on a run this morning. I listened to a great podcast. So I think that's the biggest one. But if I had to give you one that was a little uh, different, um, I would also say Evernote is one that gets used a ton. Yeah, no, they're they're both. I mean, I, really, podcasts. I mean, the ability to get free information, just unbelievable, you know, uh, hopefully AES Nation, a virtual mastermind you're getting here, but 
there's so many. And as I go out for my runs or anything where I've got time uh, that isn't filled, it's a great way of learning. Let's go to the, the next segment, which is resources. And what I'd love, John, you know, share with us kind of some of the resources that you have available for fellow entrepreneurs. Well, um, John, when I speak, I, I'm often sharing the website frontrowmorning.com. Uh, you know, I, the question I get often is, what's the number one habit that uh, I would recommend people to have to be a successful entrepreneur? And I think that um, what I share is my best idea. So Front Row Morning, it's a free video. It's simple. It's easy. It's just my gift to people that I'm connected with. And I share uh, my number one strategy for having an amazing day. Um, and so frontrowmorning.com is where I'd send it. Yeah, and it's great. And uh, I am total agreement. Uh, I find that having that morning ritual, it just, you know, you can add so much value and be so much more productive. Let me go to the last uh, segment. And this is a lot of notes, John, and I, I want to share. I, I mean, one, we, we started the conversation on storytelling, and I'm going to add that. We said three bullets. I'm going to go four, and I'm going to make storytelling uh, the first one because you are phenomenal at it, John, and, and the ability to inspire people through stories. And what I love is not only your stories, but you're able to share other people's stories very effectively. And uh, part of that whole front row, and, and I love your advice. I'm going to encourage all my fellow entrepreneurs is to begin putting together, you know, you gotta be a serial storyteller. If you're gonna inspire people to action, you've gotta have stories for each area. And creating a list of your stories, and, and this is hard, you know, we talked about boring, mundane, sometimes we think we are. Get help from your friends in the front row. Uh, there is so much uh, on storytelling, it's just huge. Second, personal growth, focus on this. You know, John, I mean, this is, to me, this is one of the most important things in life is that we, we, if we're not growing, uh, it's bad. And, you know, with the, I always think of uh, Peter Diamandis, we did an earlier podcast, uh, Abundance 360 as a mastermind group, wrote a great book, Abundance, and more recently a new one called Bold. And Peter also is a co-founder of a, uh, the Human Longevity uh, Company. I forgot the exact title, but it's Human Longevity something. And, you know, he's, you know, for all of us, you know, he, they're expecting that if we take good care of ourselves, we're going to live to 100 with a good quality of life. Well, that's huge. But we got to start planning this personal growth. There's a lot of opportunity not to bring all our past to reinvent ourselves. As John talked about relationships, I love the analogy of front row, both, you know, who's your front row and who can you be the front row for? It's so much fun building with friends. And we're all about experiences. Be a moment maker for your clients, for all those important people in your life. You know, John, this has been phenomenal. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing. Both of us want you to go out and execute. We'll have the transcripts, uh, the show notes, all the links of everything we talked about will be at asnation.com. Go there. But above all, make sure you have the right people in the front row, as John said, your clients, your future clients, your strategic alliances, your friends, your family, they're all counting on you. Don't let them down. Wish you the best of success. Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs. AESNation.com.